bless the Lord. There they go. All right. Well, good morning again. If you have your Bibles, if you'd go to Psalm chapter 46, Psalms chapter 46. Oh, bless the Lord. Trust you're having a good summer. Hate to tell you it's almost over, but uh, it's getting there. I don't know. Sooner the better, as far as some of us are concerned. But anyway, amen. Praise the Lord. I was saying, hey, when you're retired, I guess it's summer year-round, isn't it? Amen. Oh, the good life. Should have done it when you were 30, right? Amen. Had more strength to do things. Amen. Psalm 46. God is so good to his people. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. Hallelujah. Beginning with verse number one. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. And the God of Jacob is our fortress. We'll use as a title this morning, Divine Resources in Time of Trouble. Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to our hearts. Give us fresh insight. Stir our faith. And Lord, I pray for those that might be in that time of crisis, that time of trouble, that, Father, this word will just stir their faith to stand firm, trusting in the Lord watching you work all things together for your good and your glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. This um, powerful psalm grew out of a miraculous, marvelous miracle in the history of Israel, and it emphasizes the presence of the Lord with his people. You see that over and over again, God is with us, God is for us, God is ever-present. It shows us the presence of God with his people, And the difference it makes when we trust Him in the changes and in the challenges of life. Again, this psalm focuses on the Lord and what He is to His trusting people. This morning the Lord desires to emphasize and call to His people to trust Him. He calls out to His people that regardless of what we're facing or what we're battling, He says, trust me. Lean on me, depend on me, for I will not fail you. My love for you is eternal, my faithfulness is great, my power has no limit, so just go ahead and cast that care upon me, commit that circumstance and entrust that situation, bring it to me and believe that I am able to take care of you and I am watching over your every step. It is written... Romans 9 and 33, the one that trusts in Him will never be put to shame. 
Again, Jesus gives us the antidote for a troubled, frustrated, agitated heart when he says in John 14 and verse 1, Let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. God calls us to trust him. And again, in Psalm 46, the psalm comes out of a powerful, mighty deliverance in Israel's history. Hezekiah was the king at that time. He was the king of Judah. And when the Assyrians invaded the land, now the Assyrians were an especially cruel and merciless dynasty. They crushed everything in their way without mercy. Um, How they dealt with um, nations that resisted them, we don't want to talk about. They had conquered everything within them. They had conquered the northern kingdom. And now they're surrounding Jerusalem, the city of God, with terrible threats of what would happen if they didn't surrender, with terrible threats of what they had done in the past, other nations that dared resist them, with the mocking of the Lord. They stood outside the gates. Now, for your note takers, Isaiah 36 and 37 gives you the whole story. So they're outside the city with terrible gates and terrible intentions. But King Hezekiah was a good and godly king. He took the crisis to the Lord. He went to the temple of the Lord. And and literally, because they had written out the threat, literally, he laid it before God. And then he called on the name of the Lord. It's a beautiful line in Isaiah 37 and 21 where it says, And because you have prayed to me, God answered his prayer in a wonderful way. I mean, five little words that really swing the hinges of life and destiny. Five little words that in your life, in my life, can swing the hinge of our destiny, swing the hinge of that present battle. God said, Because you prayed to me, I'll respond to the king of Assyria. Because you choose to trust me and try to cut a deal or compromise or surrender to the enemy, God says, King, he said it through the prophet Isaiah, have no fear. I'm going to answer that terrible king, Sennacherib, that is giving threats to my people. And again, God answered the prayer, and man, did God answer the prayer. That night, God sent an angel, just one, the angel of the Lord. And he went through the camp of the Assyrian army. And in one night, a hundred... And 85,000 Assyrian soldiers lay dead with their equipment strewn all over. And God's people had won a glorious victory. Let us learn this morning from this godly king that all things are possible for our God. And let us be persuaded to lay our burdens before the Lord, trusting him to work mightily in our lives and in our situations. For just like King Hezekiah, we have divine resources that we can embrace and we can lean upon in our hour of trial and in our time of trouble. Psalm 46 gives us three divine resources that for the people of God, they belong to us. They're at our disposal. They are in our arsenal 24-7. Number one, our outline this morning, we have a refuge we need not fear. We have a river we need not faint. We have a revelation we need not fret. Let's begin. Number one, verses one through three. God is our refuge and God is our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Number one, we notice that we need not fear because we have a refuge. What an awesome, wonderful assurance from the Lord. 
God reminds us this morning that He's our refuge. He can hide us. He can shelter us. He can shield us till the storm passes by. He can cover us and protect us when others are being afflicted. He can keep us safe in the hollow of His hand. And God is not just a refuge who hides us. He is the strength that helps us and gives us the power to walk on and to sing on and to believe on when others are giving up and when others are running away. Now, this word in the Hebrew, there's about 21 words in the Hebrew for trouble. This particular word means in tight places. When we are in a tight place, when you feel like you're in a place of pressure and you're constrained and your options are limited or none, God says in the tight places of life, remember that I am a mighty fortress that surrounds and shields and shelters those that trust me, that will cast their burden upon me and lean the worry of their heart into my loving hands. I am a shield and I am a shade and I'm always available, I'm always accessible, I'm an all-sufficient keeper and care of my people. I'm a very present help in time of trouble. You don't have to call and make an appointment. No one's going to answer you from heaven and say, He'll get to you in about three months. Until then, just hang in there. No, He's a very present help in time of trouble. He's a right now God. He's a God that walks with us and talks with us, that never leaves us and never forsakes us. He never sleeps and He never slumbers so we can trust Him and rest in Him and lean on Him and know that He is God and He will take care of His own. Can you say amen? Trusting the Lord brings strength and stability, brings assurance and direction into the heart and into the life of the believer. For when we trust God and really believe His promise, it connects us with this God. It unites us with the omnipotence of the living God. For example, Psalm 125, they that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abideth forever. When we trust in the Lord, we're connecting ourselves with the Lord. That brings a strength into our life, a stability into our life. They that trust in the Lord, they're like the mighty mountains. That strength, trusting in God, brings strength to me. It brings power and the ability to stand firm in the faith when the winds are howling and the threats are being hurled against me. But they that trust in the Lord are no longer leaning on their own strength. But now they have united and they've connected with the strength of the omnipotent. They that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abideth forever. It's an enduring strength. It's a stabilizing strength. It's a keeping strength. Oh, for the child of God to choose to trust the Lord and reject the fear and reject those things that would try to cause us to lean back or run away in the hour in the heat of battle. Oh, Psalm Proverbs 3 and 5, it says clearly, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understandings, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. This brings direction and it brings assurance to the heart of the child of God. When I choose to trust in the Lord, 
and lean not on my humanity and my humanness and my own wits and the ways of men. When I choose to trust in the Lord and lean not on my own understanding, but instead in all my ways, that means with my entire life, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on my own understanding. But in all thy ways, if I acknowledge Him and I look to Him and put my confidence in Him, He will order my steps. He will lead me in that way. There comes a direction in my life where I know regardless of what's happening around me, my life is being led by the hand of the living God. My life is being steered by Him who knows the end from the beginning. This is the blessing of trusting God. This is the blessing of leaning on God. This is the blessing that comes into our lives as we acknowledge the Lord and we seek the Lord and we commit our daily bread and every day unto the Lord. We have a guidance and we have an assurance. It says, He shall direct our paths. Glory be to God forevermore. Life is not a mystery. Life is not a bowl of confusion. We might not know tomorrow, but our trust connects us with the One that knows every hour of every day from today to a thousand years from now. And He is our God. And He is our Shepherd. And He is the One that leads us through the walk of this life. Somebody say Amen. The blessing of trust. You choose to trust. I choose to trust or I choose to fear. We have a dual confession of confidence in this psalm and it's beautiful. On one hand, the psalmist writes about the greatness and the grandeur of God. Almighty God. The Lord of hosts. The God of Jacob. Speaking of the greatness, grandeur. And then he speaks about the closeness and the covenant affection of this God. He's with us, and He's for us. He's ever-present to care for us. What a beautiful description of the God we serve. When we run to God, yes, we run to the great, the almighty God, the one that has all power and authority, yet we also run to the one that loves us with an everlasting love, who cares for us and watches over us. That's the God we serve. He's just not this or that. He is God all by Himself. He is a God of power and might, yet to His people. He's a God of fatherly compassion, care and concern. You know, folks, it's nice to have means, to have finance. Nice, it's good. Nothing wrong with having education and degrees, um, having connections and human support. But that's never the place that we put our trust and our confidence. That's not the place of our true security and rest. Because those things can change and they can change quickly. Those things have limits. But when we trust in the Lord, we can lean on Him and put our confidence in Him. He never loses strength. He never out of touch. In fact, David said it so well, Psalm 20 and verse 7. Years ago, growing up, we used to sing a little chorus with this. But David, after a battle and a victory, when the enemy had more technology than him, and the enemy had greater numbers than him, David testified, you know, some trust in chariots and some in horses. Some trust in the things they can see and the things they can boast about. But we win the battle not because we've got all that, but we win the battle because we trust 
and believe in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember and we will trust and we will lean on the Lord our God. He's undefeated and He will never fail. The Christian is blessed with divine resources to sustain us. We have a refuge. Therefore, we need not fear. We have a place where we can go to shield us and to shelter us and know that we will be kept and we will be looked after and we will be protected. We have a refuge. Therefore, we will not fear. We will not be troubled and harassed by the anxiety and the restlessness that attacks and afflicts and controls so many that don't know God. Even when the stable becomes unstable, fear not is heaven's counsel to his loved ones. Even when the certain becomes uncertain and things that were so clear yesterday become very confusing today, God says, fear not. When life's circumstances and seasons change, we rest secure. Kept by our God that never changes and never fails. His love for us is eternal. His sovereign care care is from everlasting to everlasting. And He cannot be moved from that place and position of ruling and reigning and watching over His children. Psalm says, verse 2, Therefore, we will not fear, because we know that we have a refuge and strength, Because we know our God is accessible and available. He's an ever-present help. Therefore, because we know that we choose not to fear and act like mere mortal men that don't know God when life hits us and life threatens us. Therefore, we will not fear. Verse 2. Three thoughts here. We have a revelation. Therefore, we should have a response. And that in turn causes us to rejoice. We have a revelation from the Word of God. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. The revelation is that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We have a God Himself has said, I want you to know, child, that if you're fearing and you're troubled, it hasn't come from Me. That that emotion that keeps you awake at night, that causes you to talk, that hasn't come from Me. We have a revelation that God is not the author. No, 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 no. God is not given us a spirit of fear but a power, love, and a sound mind. Therefore, because I have that revelation from God, I have the proper response of choosing to reject my fears and trusting God. I have a response that says I don't have to just accept this. I can reject it. I can renounce it in the name of the Lord. And I can walk in that place of confidence and security that God says all of my people can have as they lean on my everlasting arm. Isaiah 12 in verse 2, the prophet declares that, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. He says there's an opportunity, there's a reason in the natural out there to fear, but I'm making a choice. It's 
my choice. I can make it if I want to. I choose to trust in God and not fear what I see with the natural, not fear what I feel in the emotion. I will choose this day for I've received the revelation that I've got a refuge and strength. I've got a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I have a revelation that fear does not come from God. Therefore, I have every right to choose to renounce that fear and resist that fear and trust in Him who says, I will hold you and nothing can snatch you out of my hand. I will surround you and the arrows cannot penetrate my shielding of your life. We have a refuge. And with this revelation, we have a response. And as we have a response, we can rejoice in the many, many promises of God concerning His continual care for our lives, His leading and guiding and preparing of His people. So many scriptures, so many um, scriptures we can lean on for this. I love Isaiah uh, 41 and verse 10. What a scripture to rejoice in, just to put your name in, just to learn and memorize and let it stir your heart and let it just comfort you and give you courage when you're facing the trials of life. Fear not is the word of the Lord this morning, for I am is with you. Be not dismayed. Don't be overwhelmed by this. Don't be stressed out by that report, for I am is your God, and I will strengthen you. Yes, 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 I will help you. In fact, I will uphold you with my mighty right arm. That situation might try to press you down, but God says, I'm going to hold you up as you trust me. That situation might cause you to fail, give up to the frustration, but God says, my everlasting arms are going to uphold you and sustain you. Just look to me. Just cast that care on me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and He will stand by your side, and He will bring you through. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. God's calling, trust me. I know that. I knew the report before the doctor gave it to you. Trust me. And I brought you through other things. I'm not bailing now. Trust me. You don't have to understand me to trust me. You don't have to have it all figured out to trust me. Lean on me. Believe my word. Rest in my promise. Oh, what a God we serve. We have a refuge. God Himself is our refuge. Therefore, we will not, we will not, we will not fear, but we choose to trust and to lean and to believe. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Now this ability of the believer, and this is something we develop, this ability that chooses to reject fear and declare our trust. Sometimes this doesn't come natural. Many elements and aspects of this walk of faith, faith we have to develop. Some people are more natural, they're timid than others. Some were raised in different environments and their sancti- people's sanctification processes are different. Some people, again, it's harder for them to walk by faith. They're too heady. It just happens. But we learn that when I find a promise in God's Word, the first thing I recognize, it is God's Word. I have the revelation. Then I choose 
to respond to it accordingly. For instance, the other day I was reading an old Pentecostal periodical. That's a magazine for you young people. And there there was a story how in 1903, the Russian Tsar noticed a sentry was posted for no apparent reason on the Kremlin grounds. True story. Upon inquiry, he discovered that in 1776, about 127 years earlier, Catherine the Great, she found the first flower of spring in that place. And she commanded, post a sentry there so that no one tramples that flower underfoot. Now, if you ever lived in the north, you know how exciting it is when the snow finally, after about eight months, disappears and that first flower comes up. And you see that first robin coming out. You better do Pentecostal spasm, man. You ready? Hallelujah. Not going to be 19 degrees anymore. Spring is coming. It's going to be a good old 58. Hallelujah. Put your shorts on. Amen. I mean, if you're ever from there. So I I could see where Catherine would get excited about. um, But Catherine the Great, when she spoke, she she was usually obeyed. Amen. 127 years is a little bit to an extreme. But the, the writer of the article finished with this line. I said, oh, man, his last few words, some traditions die hard. Thought about that. And, you know, that's true even in our behaviors. Some of us, everyone comes from a different background. Everyone sat under different ministries. Everyone has different personalities. This walk of faith is something that doesn't come overnight. But we develop it as we understand the Word and choose to obey and trust the Word and live it out in our daily existence. Even in our behaviors, some are prone maybe to um, be quick to worry, to fret, to fight, to grumble, instead of trusting and believing and praying. But listen, we, we can grow. And you and I can all overcome some old traditions. And we can begin some new traditions. Healthy, faith-filled, and faith-directed. Can you say amen? You might be here this morning and maybe you just grew up and something went wrong. You just yelled and you know that's not God. Something went wrong and you had to worry for three days and blame everyone's neighbor's cat. Um, Until finally you calmed down and said, well, let's act like a Christian. But God is asking and calling to his people to trust me. Trust me at first call. Trust me at first light. Trust me and walk in faith and believe my promise. And give no place to the enemy in your life. Let's talk about child of God. Fear not. Fear not if you're here this morning. God calls you fear not. Fear not the past for it's covered. By the powerful blood of Jesus Christ. And your sins and your rebellions and all the terrible things you might have done. He remembers no more. They're covered and they're cleansed. Reject unwarranted guilt. Renounce ungodly condemnation. And walk victorious into a brand new day that Jesus Christ has given you. Fear not the past and fear not the present for the living God is your chaperone and your guide. He goes before you. He walks with you. 
And He is committed to care for you every step of the way. He's a present help. Whatever you need, is it power? He is that. Is it provision? He is that. Is it a comforter, a forgiver, a healer? He is that, and He's with you. So if you're not the presence, you're not walking alone, but the living God has surrounded you, and He is holding you. Fear not the past, and fear not the present, and certainly don't fear the future. Because He lives, we shall live also. Because He lives. Fear not the future, for it is under the sovereign control of your Savior and your King. And He will not allow you to be tempted or tried beyond what you can bear. But whatever comes your way, remember, He is always in control and you are always in His care. And His grace for you will be more than enough day by day by day. Can somebody say amen? God is my refuge. God is my strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, I choose, I will not fear, though the earth, the mountains give way and the waves crash. The mighty mountains, the Alps, the Andes, the Rockies, they may tremble and they may shake, but our strength rests on a firmer foundation. Can you say amen? The waters can roar and the waves can crash, but we're not moved for our strength comes from the one that rules the oceans and speaks peace to each and every storm. God is my refuge. God is my strength. A very present help in trouble. Number one, we've learned that we need not fear because we have a refuge. But now in verse 4, we were taught, this psalm teaches us, we need not faint. If you're feeling weary this morning, you don't need to faint. God has refreshing for you. If you're feeling exhausted in the battle, you don't have to succumb to the weight. God has refreshing for you. If you feel like you're ready to give out, lift your eyes to Him who is seated on the throne. Because he's getting ready to renew your strength and refresh your being and get you strong for a new day. The psalm teaches us we need not faint because we have a river. What a thought, what a thought. Look at verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Where the Most High dwells. Wow. This is interesting because actually, folks, Jerusalem is one of the ancient cities that didn't have a river. Now, Damascus had a river. Babylon had the Euphrates. The Egyptians had the Nile. Nineveh had a river for the Assyrians. But Jerusalem was one of the ancient cities that had no, it wasn't founded on a river. Psalm 46, not talking about a literal river, but rather that supply of spiritual strength and power that's available for God's people. The river, it speaks of that continuing. Think of a river, it's flowing. That continual flowing of the sustaining and refreshing Spirit of God that dwells within us. The meaning and the symbolisms of water throughout the Word of God. Always picturing here that God's Spirit is ever present to cleanse us and to refresh us. 
to strengthen us, to help us in life's journey. Jesus often spoke about this water. He said in John 7, He said, If anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink, and out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. If you're weary, He's got a drink for you. If you're feeling exhausted, He's got refreshing with your name on it. In John 4, Jesus said, Listen, lady, whoever drinks of that well, that well of Samaria, will thirst again. But i got good news. I've got something for you to drink. And if you drink the water that I give, you'll never thirst again. It'll satisfy what relationships couldn't. It'll bring to your life with that degree and that position could not it'll fill that thing that is lacking since he walked out on you there is a river it'll fulfill you it'll satisfy you it'll fill you with the spirit of the living god and here the word of god is teaching us you and i have a possession we have we possess what this word is talking about we have a supply a resource of strength and joy and peace, forgiveness that the unbelieving world lacks. You see, friends, walking with the Lord, it's not merely just agreeing, Jesus is Lord and doing my best to live like the Bible. It's more than that. When you come to Jesus... There has been a divine deposit from heaven that goes into your heart. You receive the same Spirit, the Bible says, that raised Jesus from the dead. It now lives in you. It's not me to grind it out and to live it out, but He has deposited within me that river of living water, and it never runs dry. Things run dry in the natural. Things run dry in our professions. But oh, the Spirit of the living God within us. He's there to refresh us and sustain us and to keep us going. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The Bible teaches that for a Christian we have the secret power or person we could say within us the spirit of the living God. Regardless of the difficulties and challenges we face, we need not faint because we have a river. God supplies with us the spiritual power we need to keep going in spite of difficulties. It's not by might of men. It's not by the power of the resources of the natural. But it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord, that you can be healed from that bruise, that you can rise up from that setback, that you can conquer in that place that's trying to stand against you, that you can be firm until the storm passes you by. Oh, it's by my Spirit that you possess. You don't go have to look for it. You don't have to run somewhere to revival to get it. If you're born again the same spirit that raised Jesus is in you you have the strength of God recognize it release it by believing and walk in it expecting God to be faithful to do what he said he would do can you say amen everyone's I'm running for looking for it don't have to look for it you got it you possess it if Jesus is in there amen now, we need to drink from that river. Amen. We've we got to make sure we don't let that thing run dry. You know, and this little dab will do you. No, that's not going to do you. Life's too hard. Got to get back to that river. Got to get a drink. In ourselves, we lack and grow weary. But through the Spirit of God that dwells in us, 
We can overcome the things that are facing us. We can prevail against the things that try to hinder us. We can endure even when the storm is a long storm. And we might not see the end in sight. But even there, He is with us. Even there, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The Holy Spirit dwells within the midst of God's people. The Holy Spirit lives within you to give you the strength and power you need to live this life, to overcome the past, to deal with the present. It's a secret fountain. It's a river. It's a resource that you and I have as Christians that those that don't know Christ don't have. It's there. It's there. It's been imparted. It's settled. Recognize it. Realize I'm not just here trying to live out a Christian philosophy, obeying a certain bunch of rules and regulations and asking God to help me. Recognize there's been a deposit from God Himself into my heart I've been born again. I'm a new creature. And the Spirit of God, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You've been endued with power to do what? To live this life. To walk with the Lord. To accomplish His commands. And to stand firm against the attacks of the enemy. We recognize it and we release it. How? By believing. By faith. We release it by living like it's true. I go to the Word of God. I read and see what God has given, what God has provided, what Calvary has purchased. I read it, and then as I believe it, I'm going to act like it's true. I don't have to feel like it's true. I don't have to look like it's true. But if God said it, I believe it. That settles it. I'm going to walk in it and expect God to do what God can do. Again, we're learning the great danger, if I can call it a danger, any exhorter preacher can take this text and we can run the aisles. We can. We can. I've got to hold back from that. We can. We can. The evangelists do it. But the pastor has a twofold agenda. I want to encourage you for today, but I'd like to teach you for tomorrow. Anyone that can, is an exhorter, there's different styles of preaching. But anyone that preaches encouraging, I can encourage you today, but I want it to last more than today. I encourage you today. You go in the back, you shake the hand, say, thank you, preach. That's what I needed. But if I don't teach you how to walk in it, you see what I'm getting at? Then when Monday hits, or Wednesday, Thursday hits, we learn how to walk in it. We see the beautiful truth of this psalm. We understand the powerful, moving, marvelous background of how God, the God you serve. One prayer. He said, because you pray, I'll enter in. One angel and 185,000 are dead. The enemy that killed nation after nation messed with God's people. And because they chose to trust the Lord, he fought their battles. Oh, what encouragement. Oh, what blessing. To know that we have a river. That God is not merely said to you and I, here it is, all right, I'm going to have mercy and forgive your sorry soul, and now here's a bunch of rules, you just live up to it, I'm going to bat you over the head, or you can't make it in. No, 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 no. 
When you call on Jesus, there was a divine deposit. There was a transaction. There was an exchange. And that old man died and the new man was born from above. And the Spirit of God came to live within us. Therefore, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. So now I have, I have to believe, you have to believe, you have the power. If you're born again, you have the power to live this Christian life. You have the power to live it victoriously in the good times and in the not so good times. He's there. This river never runs dry. His streams make glad the city of God. The same way we said it's not always easy learning how to retrain this old mind and emotions. To trust when the enemy is hurling insults. To trust when the doctor's report is frightening. And sometimes we have to retrain our whole way of living. It's called we now walk by faith. And not by sight or emotion. So in the same way, we look at this beautiful thought that God's Spirit is within us. The enemy might be without, but God's Spirit is within. The challenge might be without, but the living God is within. And and, and we learn to walk in it. And someone says, this is hard. I'm not used to this. It doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right to the natural. And I'm going to use this illustration because it's not here. Because uh, it's not in the notes, but I'm warm. I'll get back to my notes in a minute, real quick, real quick. Because I've, I've been around church too much, and people give the excuse, well, this is not natural, I just can't. Anyone here ever broke their dominant hand or sprained your dominant hand? Anybody? That means if you're right-handed. Do you ever sprain your right hand? All right. You have to spend six weeks buttoning yourself with that opposite hand? Huh? Kind of difficult, isn't it? My Lord, it's a hand. It's a healthy hand, but man, it's a little awkward. Why? I'm not used to it. It hadn't been trained to function that way. That's the same stuff this hand has. But something happens when you act a certain way for 50 years. Certain happens. You, you develop traits. It's not from God, not from the devil. It's your human trait. And sometimes we've allowed certain things. We've given excuses to certain things. We give allowance my temperament. Well, that's just the way I am. Well, you know. That might be the way you're at, but the life of faith is going to take you into a new place of walking with God. Ah, I got a, I got a fuse as short as, I can't use that as an excuse. I had to die to that thing. You have to start saying in your 20s, Lord, this don't please you. I got to start developing some patience and some sensitivity to others. I just can't be a bull in a china shop and you've got to, you know, right? Same way some people are just naturally negative. Well, you know, some of those things got you right. So in the same way, like retraining a hand or a leg that is not your dominant one, and now you have to use it, sometimes it's awkward. But if you work at it, God will give you grace to develop it. If you'll make up your mind, I'm going to start walking by faith in this area. I'm going to choose my behavior in this area. I'm going to do my part, and I'll trust God to do his part. And listen, folks. We're all on the journey. We're all under construction. 
So if you fail, get back up. If that trial comes tomorrow and you wind up, you know, kicking the neighbor's garbage can, just repent of it. Say, Lord, I know I shouldn't have done repent. Next time I'm going to do better. Don't just let it slide and make an excuse for low living. Make the choice. I'm going to learn how to walk by faith. I'm going to grow. We can all grow, can we not? Now, I'm not much for those old song and dance stuff, but anyone ever hear of Fred Astaire? I know some of you older folks. You had to hear of Fred Astaire, right? Well, I can't ever say I've watched a full movie, but I've heard of the guy. And I read this, and it made me laugh. Um, see, because we all have to do our best to walk by faith, believing what the Bible says, and then acting accordingly, even if it's not natural. We develop a new walk, a new talk, a new thinking as a child of God. Fred Astaire, <laughs> he was without dispute in his generation one of the top singers, dancers, performers. But in 1932, I read the other day, he was starting out. He went to an audition in a Hollywood. The, the talent judge wrote on the screen test, Astaire, can't act, can't sing, he can dance a little bit. Well, that's how sometimes we feel when we're just starting out. And it's like, you know what, I've been used to shooting off my mouth since I grew up with a family that shoots off their mouths, and now I learn God not pleased with that. I've always been an Eeyore, and I learned after a while, God, God says that sometimes that's not just my personality, that's just doubt and unbelief, and God wants me to start believing and trusting. And so I have to be honest enough to hear the assessment of God and make the choice to trust, to obey, to believe. Overnight, of course not. But as we do our part, I can talk to people today, and they say, oh, Pastor, I'll give you five amens. There was a time, but God did something. There was a time, but, oh, man, God did. There was a time. When I couldn't handle one little debt and forget it, I was a nervous wreck. I had one little cut off in traffic, and I'd be, I'd be a blue streak. I was prophesying the week before, but something happened. Come on, say amen. Mm. The Holy Spirit, there is a river. Tell your neighbor there is a river. Woo, there is a river. Keeps us strong when the road gets rough. Keeps us singing when the night gets dark. Keeps us believing and behaving. When the pressure gets great and the report gets bad, there is a river that flows in the life of the believer. His streams of mercy and grace, of love, of power, keep us firm in the faith and victorious in the battle. Can you say amen? Psalm 46, we need not fear, we need not faint, and we need not fret. We need not fear. We have a refuge. We need not faint. We have a river. We need not fret because we have a revelation. Look at verses 10 and 11. We'll close up quickly. Oh, glory be to God. Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I'll be exalted in your life if you let me. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob, he's our fortress. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I'm going to stop it right there. But keep that, yeah, keep that right up there. And let me just walk through this. Be still. We have a revelation. He says, I'm God. King of Assyria is acting like he's God. He's making threats like he's God. Like he's got the final say, uh-uh. Hands off. Be still. Hands off. He's saying to these people, stop fretting. Stop trying to make things happen. Rest in me. Cast it on me. Trust me. 
Let it quiet your fears. Be still, child. Your Lord is God. That situation doesn't have the last word. You're God. Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted. Quiet fears. Be still. Quickens faith. And know that I am God. The one that you walk with, he rules and he reigns. Rest in him and know that he has the last say. Qualifies our future. He says that I will be exalted. You know the end of story for the child of God is victory, triumph, glory be to God. Ah, this is a whole other sermon. Be still. Don't freak out. Stop tossing and turning. Be still. And know I am God. Wow. I get the last say. I have power to change it all. Be still and know that I will be exalted in your life if you trust me, if you look to me, and if you let me. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm going to pray the prayer, and then we're going to open the altars. If you're here today and you're battling something and you just, you really haven't entrusted it to God, while we sing, you just identify and give it to God, would you? Say, Lord, I've been allowing this thing just to beat me up. It might be a squabble at home. It might be something on the job. It might be an unexpected bill, doctor's report. But if you've been letting it get the best of you, the Lord calls you to entrust it to him. Say, Lord, this is the problem. I know it's big to me, but nothing's big to you. And I can't do anything about it in the natural. I'm going to give it to you and trust you're going to work it out. And give it to the Lord and just declare your trust. I want to give, him God, give God that. And then we'll open the altar. Maybe the river is running a little dry in your life. Maybe you feel a little bit like fainting and you just need some refreshing. Well, come on up and pray and pray and someone will pray with you. Just be honest. Lord, I'm getting a little weary. I didn't expect this battle to go this long. But sometimes you think a battle is going to be over in a month and six months later you're still fighting that thing. Lord, i got to be honest, I'm a little tired. But I know you're in me. I need a fresh filling. Lord, just, just, and, and just let God fill you. Let God refresh you so you can get back out there and, and go at it again. Amen? Go ahead and stand. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Glory be to God forevermore. Glory be to God. This morning, God has called us to trust Him and commit our cares to Him, our situations. This psalm reminds you and I that are Christians of the resources we possess. We're not looking for these things. We have these things if we have Jesus. A refuge, a river, and a revelation. Again, maybe you're going through something and you just need to commit it afresh to the Lord. Well, do so. Do so. Something been keeping you awake at night? Bring it to the Lord. Something causing anxiety? and Bring it to the Lord. Maybe you feel that river needs some refreshing. And you just want to come and just receive prayer. A fresh filling. Well, that's what the altar's for. That's why we take time after every service. We talk about God. Now we're going to respond to God. We're going to let God touch us. We're going to let God minister. And as always, if there's any special needs, anyone's here today, you need a touch in your body. If you'll come down, we'll lay hands. 
And we'll believe that God will begin a healing process in your life the moment we touch you. Father God, let us pray. Father, we thank you for the divine resources that we have because we belong to you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the great salvation you've given us. Help us to trust and not be afraid. Help us to recognize what we have and live it out by faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, please touch your people this morning. Let burdens be lifted in the name of Jesus. Let heaviness and fear subside in the name of Jesus. Let healing, refreshing power flow mightily this morning. In the name of Jesus, come, O God, and touch your people as they look and call out to you. Come, O God, and release your mighty arm to work your wonders in the life of your chosen ones. In Jesus' name. Amen. The altars are open. If you need prayer, come. Sing the song one time through. If you're battling, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. And let Him work in your life.
serve a mighty God. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this great salvation we possess as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the promises and the privilege, the presence we possess as Christians. Help us, Lord, to recognize what we have in you and to walk it out confidently, giving you the glory, giving you the praise. Now, Father, bless your dear ones. Give them a great week. Use them. Use them mightily in their lives. Use them in their families. Use them on the job in the neighborhood. Use them as your ambassador. Give them the desires of your heart. Fill their homes with your peace and your joy. Let their homes have a strong measure of your presence. And oh God, help each one of us, help all of us, walk out and work out our salvation, to walk in faith in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight.